Hello everybody and welcome to a new episode of This Game Where with me, Ashley. And me, Chris. Yay! You sounded like Hello, a Chris. professional radio host then. No, I didn't. Don't say that. I'll get all embarrassed. Oh, sorry. I see you blushing. No, that's just the gammon. <laughs> I'm, I've come down with a case of gammon today. I don't know why. Red and blotchy. Little bit. Little bit. So today I'm doing business. I'm getting right down to right. the business, Chris. Okay. Uh, because we've got so much to talk about. But one of the things that I wanted to do today was, before we start talking about the game, drop in what I've been doing this weekend. I'm not even oh, going to ask you how you are or what you've been doing. This weekend I have been care, playing... No, I don't give a shit. Fair. <laughs> this weekend I have been playing one of the best games I've played in ages. Is it? the game we're doing this week or is it just an aside no it's not the game that we were doing this week and that's why i wanted to talk about it off right, the bat okay. so that i could get out of the way and then not have to find an awkward segue in the middle of the episode <laughs> to talk about it because i really wanted to know, to mention it so i've already i've already recommended it to you so you might know what it is but it's the first year anniversary i believe of this game it's return of the obra Dinn. i have recommended it to you and you weren't you didn't sound too keen but I i'm it reiterating well it doesn't. It looks amazing. It's really well presented. I wanted to reiterate to you that you should be getting it because it's it is phenomenal. I wanted to mention it to the listeners as well. If you haven't played Return of the Oberdin, you should play it now. It is when we're recording this, it's on at half price basically everywhere. Steam, the Switch, various other places that it's on sale. And I just wanted to mention it in case it was on sale when this goes out. It's probably off sale. But it's, I think it's probably worth the full price. It's so good. Me and Hannah have been playing it this weekend. And it, oh, it's just amazing. Other than the visual style, which will give me a headache if I played it, what's the game? What's the elevator pitch? It honestly wouldn't give you a headache. So I was thinking, I don't really understand why you said that. I think it's because you, you look at it and like you see the spotty, dotty yeah. stuff. But if you think like Minute, because it's black and white, this game. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of Minute, it reminds me of uh, Mad World as well, which is on the Wii. But that's sort of, if people have played those games, then they'll know what to expect. But you wouldn't get a headache, you'd be fine. I, I honestly think you'd be fine. The game is a deduction game. You're an inspector for an insurance company, which is riveting already, I know. And you get taken to this ship called the Oberdin, which has mysteriously turned up in a port in the in Britain after disappearing something like five or six years earlier. You get to the ship and... There's nobody on there. They, it, it left the UK with 51 crew and some passengers, and then it just disappeared off without a trace. When you get to the ship, everyone's gone, and it's there like are the, a few the, uh, dead bodies. Like the Marie Celeste. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Your job is to figure out how people, how every, where everybody's gone, and as you find these bodies, how people have died, who they are, and who killed them, if anybody did. It's brilliant. It's really amazing. Have you figured out who done it yet? No, we're we're about a third of the way through. So me and Hannah have been playing it separately, but I've been sort of dipping in and watching her, and she's been dipping in and watching me, and we've been playing it sort of as a team as well. We're about we've done about twenty of the sixty possible dead people. Like we've figured out ourselves how how they died and who killed them and whatnot. It's maybe it's uh, Lechuk, and it was it's like a, a prequel game to Monkey Island. That's how we got his undead crew. No, it's not that. I'm just, just gonna I'm there. just gonna glaze over that slightly uh, yeah. because the. The first voice that you hear in the game actually sounds like... Have you seen Muppet Treasure Island? A long time ago, yeah. You know, Oh, well, Billy Bones is played by Billy Connolly. Right. And the first voice actually sounds like Billy Connolly playing Billy Bones in Muppet Treasure Island. Brilliant. So, yeah, exactly. Warmed my cockles straight away. It's such a well-made, well-thought-out game. 
and without making a whole episode of it, everybody should play it. Go and get it now. And this I've is not playing. a paid promotion. This is just me <laughs> loving well, I, something. I'll just quickly drop in then. I've been playing Two Point Hospital on the Switch after mm. we talked about Theme Hostel a few weeks ago, and I cannot believe how well it has been ported to the Switch. Yes, I can. I We did our Cities yes. Skylines episode, and that I actually was playing that on the PlayStation 4 at the time. And having played that and seeing the quality of the port there, I know it's not the same people, but these are the sorts of games, these sort of um, strategy games, management sims, they tend to be historically. They tended to be very badly ported, didn't they? Yeah, and, and not that's what very well. put me off. But it was on sale yeah. this week on Switch because of a, a Sega anniversary mm. sale because it's been published by Sega. So it had a bit of money off. So I thought, oh, I've, you know, I played it for free over the summer holidays while it was it was the anniversary weekend for the game itself. So uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm very pleased to have done so because it is great. Mm. And so many of the problems we talked about on our theme hospital episode have been alleviated and corrected in this. So I. I just think yeah. it's amazing. It's an amazing game on the PC anyway, and I'm I'm glad it's on the Switch because it I mean on the go. Management sim on the go. Yeah, definitely. So very, they, very they appealing even, to me. They even announced over the weekend a, a sixth DLC pack for it on the on the Have PC. They really? Yeah. Wow. So mm, you know cool, it's quite cool, a bit of longevity cool. for the game as Ooh. well. Announcements over the weekend just make you cringe, make you feel a bit sad. Stardew Valley is getting couch co-op. So split screen co-op. So me and Hannah are gonna be able to play Stardew Valley together at last. Well, enjoy that. I'm going to. I'm going Good. to. I hope you do. Would you like to know what we're talking about, well, what we're actually supposed to be talking about? Before we do that, can we just run through the, the USP of the podcast, which I know you hate, but I like to do it as a, a bit of business. Go for it. Okay, so every week one of us brings a game from our childhood to talk about and reminisce, uh, talk about That's our personal history. This week. At the halfway point, we will then go off and play the game, and in the second half we will then talk about whether the game held up or was better and this week as you said it is your turn so this week we are going to be talking about this game where you fire off a bunch of spheres to destroy structures presumably built by the creatures who pour out of trapdoors to defend said structures at which point you use your paddle shaped spaceship to obliterate them too that's the game any ideas not a clue when you start no? saying about structures i thought maybe angry birds but then you talk, no. talk about spears and stuff, so no. Although I can see links between this and Angry Birds in some abstract ways. So this week, if if somebody, if anyone's listening to that, they probably thought, possibly thought, Arkanoid. Do you know Arkanoid? No. It's one right, of those games so, I've, heard, I've heard of, but I have no idea what it is. Okay, so we'll take you back then. So Breakout, do you know Breakout? That's one of the paddle and the ball, isn't it? Yes. So right. it's a Breakout clone. This, okay. this game it is not arkanoid which is the one that was very very popular in the mid 80s instead it is a game called crackout for the nez which i think i've mentioned to you before i think so yeah i remember saying to you that it has a hundred levels it turns out that i have in my age sort of expanded the number of levels because actually got two <laughs> the game's got 44 levels so it's still quite a few it's a very uh, strange but not number quite to 100. go for 44 yeah, it's it's got ten levels and then a boss level per world. Okay. So four oh, worlds, right. ten levels and a boss level. But the the final boss level is actually just inputting a power a password. So we'll get to that in a moment. Right. So as I, as I intimated, this game is a breakout clone. So it's a game. Breakout was the first arcade game or the first game 
uh, as far as I know, that use this paddle at the bottom of the screen that you have control over. You can move it left and right. Mm -hmm. And the paddle has a ball that you fire off and you use the ball to bounce it into bricks that then get broken and disappear off the screen. And the aim of the game is to use the paddle to bounce the ball, keep the ball on the screen, uh, stop it from falling off the bottom, break all the blocks, and that will get you to the next level, and so on and so on and so on until you get it's to the final level and win the game. It's one of the simplest gaming premises, isn't it? Like, there are yeah. so many clones of this. Like, my yeah, daughter, they... for example, has got a, a camera that is like a, one that plugs into USB and uh, it's got all these like video modes and there's little games as part of it. And there's Breakout is one of the little games in that. So you can Absolutely. then take a photo and put it in as a background for the when you're playing the game. So you're now getting it as like a little free game on cameras for children. It's a game I think yeah. everyone would have experienced at some point in their lives, I'm sure. Yes, that's exactly yeah. it. So this was my first version of this game, actually. Crackout was the first version that I had. So it set the it set the template for me. And I'm glad that it did, actually. It was a game that I was bought when I got my Nintendo Entertainment System when I was a child. The Nintendo Entertainment System, if you remember, was my first ever console that was mine. We had the, the Amstrad console, but is this one of the, ones the NES was mine. Just the cartridge, or is it one that came in a no. box? Ooh. Yeah, so it came in a box because I was bought it for Christmas. So I got the right, NES for okay. Christmas. I got bought this game. My nana bought me this game for Christmas. And it's about... 10 million times better than Stargate. So my nana's, my nana's beating your nana. Your nana's 10 million times better than my nana. That's the word on the street. At the moment, yeah, at the yeah. moment. Did your nana ever pick up a game? Did she ever do better than that? Well, I mean, you say she picked up a game. She would have been... My mum would have bought the games for her and then said, right, you give me this, you give me the money back. It's one of those sort of deals. Maybe oh, well, in a back I don't, if you want to make it more shady, but I don't, I don't really care. I don't really care what the... The transaction looks like. All, right. All I want to know is if your nana ever did a better job of getting you gifts than she did the Stargate year. Probably, but none spring to mind at the moment, embarrassingly. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, my nana had her off years, uh, but this one was a particularly strong year. All round, to be honest, because I got the NES, I couldn't have been happier. So uh, the NES and Crackout for my Christmas that year was brilliant. Uh, this is not, by the way, our Christmas special. We're, we've got those coming <laughs> up so, uh, later in the year. Um, so how old but, were you when you got this then? I, I can't remember. I... I probably said a different age when we talked about the NES before but I probably I feel like I was about five or maybe six but younger than I think younger than six because I had the NES got without getting too much into my fam into my childhood history I moved when I was eight years old so that's cut-off point moved from one town to another so for me that's cut-off point you can date that it was before that yeah I know what yeah you so mean, it's definitely before then I moved when I was eight as well so I oh, can like, do the same sort of thing yeah so it was significantly before then which makes me think that it was before I was five years old so yeah I'd say around five probably a little bit younger and a guess game like this would have been a really good game to have played then because it's so simple yeah. isn't it like you move left and right and that's it yeah absolutely i played it non-stop as well and because it had so many levels uh, you know 100 uh, sorry 44 <laughs> you couldn't save on the nest for anyone or for most part you couldn't save on the nest so you had to leave i would leave it on overnight so that i could keep my progress did you do that secretly no i don't think so i i'm fairly uh, to be honest my parents were such troglodytes at that point <laughs> that they probably didn't realize that i was doing it i don't know I used to get really cross permission. with me when I, if I was playing a game and it's tea time. If I paused the game and then went downstairs for tea to carry on afterwards, she used to go mad about it. But actually thinking about it, the electricity cost, I did, I did turn the TV off, but the electricity cost of running a, a PlayStation for what, for, for, 20, for 20 minutes, minutes or so yeah, is exactly. probably fairly negligible. Yeah, I mean, I was running it non-stop for about four weeks. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it's pretty different. It's probably slightly situation. more. <laughs> 
yeah um i wasn't thinking about that as you as you can imagine i was a five-ish year old child just trying to complete a game and it was a perfect the perfect game to have at that time because it the premise is so simple and the controls Mm -hmm. for it are so simple it's it's a single button to release the ball and then for the most part that's it you just have to left and right to smack the ball up and hit the bricks does it have all the classic power-ups like where you might have one power-up that gives three balls and stuff like that so you say that and that's something that i was going to get into because i've said haven't i that it was the original was breakout people might know arkanoid as a very very successful successor to breakout and that's because arkanoid so arkanoid came out in 1986 early-ish i think early to middle of that year 1986 and I, I came out middle of that year, so there you go. Oh, well, there you go. So you were contemporaneous to Arkanoid. I know which one I prefer. And that is the phrase that's used, I, I came out. Yeah. I, that, Not in that I mean, way. that's the one that your mum used uh, yeah. when when she was telling me about your birth. Yep. He, he just, he, I think she said sploshed, actually. Sploshed out. You could almost use the word crack out for that, couldn't you, really? Oh, dear. Yeah, so Arkanoid came out about uh, early 1986, and crack out came out just before Christmas 1986, probably about six or seven months after after Arkanoid came to the arcades. I believe Arkanoid was known to iterate on Breakout in so much as it added these power-ups that you've just re- uh, mentioned, and that added enemies. So there were enemies that oh, okay. came down and attacked you, or attacked you, or, or sort of, I don't know, you could destroy these enemies. And that's what Crackout was. It had it had power-ups, it had enemies. So I'm pretty sure, please do correct me if I'm wrong, anyone that's listening, I'm pretty sure that Crackout was one of many, many Arkanoid knockoffs. The difference between most knockoffs and Crackout is that Crackout was actually, in my view, very, very good. And I know that, so it was the first one that I played of these Breakout games. That might colour my memory of it, but for me, it was a very good game. Very enjoyable. In sort of getting myself ready for this, I played a bit of Arkanoid and it's not as good as far oh. as I can tell. It doesn't look as nice. It doesn't, the the enemies are just like abstract geometric shapes, which you'll see with Crackout is not the case. You've got actual character to the enemies and the, the colours are a little bit more sort of flat. There's there's actual there's shape and depth to the to the levels and the design in Crackout that isn't there in the version of Arkanoid that I played. I which it, well I didn't play it. I looked at it on YouTube, which was the actual original arcade version. That though is in direct contrast to one of the reviews that I read for it. So do you remember Mean Machines? Yes, of course that was you one do. The games that I uh, the, that was one of the magazines that I got occasionally. Yeah, and won the competition to go down and. No, that was computer and video games. Me Machines oh, was right, one okay. that I, I got once because I had a packet of Flame Heart Monster which mounted on the front Oh, that's cover. that one. Okay. Yeah. So Mean Machines. We've had a few reviews. We've looked at a few reviews from Mean Machines before. And I'm starting to get this picture of Mean Machines as being slightly mean. I don't know if that's what they are getting at with their name. To be fair, the title is quite odd, isn't it? I've never thought it about it It is a strange before. title, yeah. yeah. And now I'm starting to think, as we've looked at more of their reviews, I'm starting to think that actually they are a little bit sort of like those, you know, those Muppet old blokes. You know, what are they called? Statler and Waldorf? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the ones that are grumpy in the theatre all the time. Ever. Yeah, I think that Mean Machines may be of those. They they gave this a 13 out of 100. Based on what? Well, I, I'm going to read you what MobyGames.com has got of their review. So it one of the things I can think of as a negative is there's going to be no plot, but obviously, of course, it's not going to be a plot because it's it is what it is. They've got nothing about the plot here. There is yeah. no plot, really. No, well, of course not. Me machines say, "What do you get when you program a breakout style game with diabolically boring and unimaginative screen layouts, 
crappy back control, hopeless collision detection, a tune that's about as pleasant as baboon farting in your ear, graphics which are about as thrilling as a baboon farting in your face, totally unrealistic ball control, uh, action that's so dull that you want to turn the game off after 15 minutes of playing, and some totally irritating gameplay quirks like the fact that power-ups are random and often they're vital to complete a screen, so you hang about for ages waiting for them to appear crack out i mean in terms of the journalistic content there they did miss a trick by because they are the person who'd written that had obviously gone to a bit of a a thing with the baboon in your face thing and then the yeah. third the third punch was about ball control like surely you they could have referenced baboon in your face again at that point but you know that's just a, a personal niggle yeah they missed a the trick but i think they, they missed yeah. the point as well and to be honest what i think is going on with that review is that it's it's written in light of arkanoid and right. there was a distinct I mean, it, it was the case that Arkanoid set the pattern and then a lot of games, a hell of a lot of games, just cloned Arkanoid in their own version. Because that does not resemble, as far as I remember, I could be wrong and we're going to find out, uh, but that doesn't resemble the game that I played at all. The game that I played was fluid and vibrant and pretty. It had some interesting levels. I know what level they're talking about when they say that power-ups are random and vital, and often, they said, often they're vital to complete a screen. Now, I can only think of one particular level where you need one particular power-up to complete it, it, but generally, no, it wasn't, interestingly. It was one of the earlier levels, and we'll talk about it in the second half, but it only happened once that I can remember, and I have played every single level of this game because it's one of the few that I actually finished. I was obsessive about about this and I got to the end. It does have an exceedingly unfair endgame requirement, which I will, again, talk about in the second half. And they don't even mention that. I just feel like they are laying into the game in light of their preference for another version of the same thing. What did they give Arkanoid out of curiosity, by contrast? You know, I haven't checked, so I'll have to check in the in the half time. more than 13 out of 100. Yeah, you'd think so. It doesn't correlate whatsoever, so bear that in mind while we're playing. 13 well, out well, of 100. Like- you're assessing a game like this, it's not going to be like the best game ever, is it? It's You're controlling a paddle left and right, flicking balls at some blocks to get rid of them. It's not going to be I think this is one of the best. The you know, like Tetris is uh, is the essential play, uh, puzzle game. Yeah. I think this is one of the essential genres for anyone that plays games that you well, should always have a... You said everybody's got a breakout clone in their back pocket. They've yeah. all played them and they're everywhere. And it's there's a reason for that. Because they are enjoyable entertainment. I was thinking while you were talking about the number of times I've played this game. And I think it's mm. always been as mini games. I've never actually played like Breakout 3 or Crackout 100 or whatever. It's always been like, I, I can remember, for example, in um, WarioWare on the Wii. Yeah. There's a level where you have to hold your Wii mode and you have to balance it Move left, it and, left right. and right. Mm. And as it's slowly ascending up a tower and if you flick your wrist, if you angle it then obviously the ball will then go off in different angles and i used to play that game for that mini game uh, an awful lot because i really really hmm. enjoyed it and then i've mentioned my daughter's camera her and i play that quite a bit on there but i can't think of like actually having it as a game i think i've, I've played it like on like flash game websites and things like that like when i was oh in, yeah uh, you definitely will have. A, a university as well you might have even played a version of it that i've played that was fairly big on I think on flash sites initially and then actually got a release so i i have one two three four i think there are four versions of this that i've owned in various ways two of which were free versions that you could download in the early noughties internet but actually i think dx ball which is one of them dx ball came out as a full release in the late 90s and then went free 
to play one a very early version of that uh, free to download anyway in the early noughties have you played dx ball that was no, a pc not at all. No. no the second one then that i played on the pc and actually probably my favorite as far as i remember is a game called ricochet again that's a game i've heard of but never right played. so ricochet ricochet that? took arkanoid ricochet took arkanoid and it polished it up and made it look really pretty made it really fluid and and lovely to play interestingly so i didn't know this at the time but ricochet was released by a company called reflexive entertainment in the early 90s are you all right yeah i was, I was reflexive entertainment so i was trying to think if i know them but i don't all think right, I okay. do no you probably don't because they had a fairly sad existence really in some ways because they started off they released quite a few games they started off in casual games you know sort of pop cap-esque right fair and ricochet extreme as it was actually called was the one of their first successes as far as i'm aware in the early 2000s and then in the late 2000s they were actually bought by amazon to become to become part of amazon's gaming empire that still amazon are sort of trying to get off the ground even now and then they were pretty much shuttered without any kind of fanfare whatsoever a couple of years after amazon bought them and they wound down all of their business which is a shame because, as I say, if if Ricochet is anything to go by, I think that they actually had they actually had a promising future if they right. could get a bit more polish uh, going and, and whatnot. But Ricochet is my favourite version, as I say, of, of these breakout games. And what did you have that on? That was on the PC. So it was a, oh, again, it was a, um, it <clears throat> it was one of the games. It cost some money, but you could download the full game for free, and then if you paid twenty five dollars, it gave you these extra elements, so you could play the ah, game. Okay uninterrupted for two hours without at any one time without purchasing it's pretty generous isn't it i know yeah exactly it's got 170 levels in this game as well which is also pretty generous generous (laughs) which is also pretty generous so yeah it then they then released it for some reason uh in 2006 they released it for free throughout that year as a celebration of reflexive's ninth anniversary i have no idea why the ninth anniversary none of that is logical at all no (laughs) No, it's not. No. Uh, it was not. the it was the noughties. It was it was a crazy time. Um, so they so those two are the PC versions. Uh, there's obviously Crackout, which we're going to play and talk a little bit more about, and then there was Alleyway, which is a Game Boy version of this, right? Which was fairly standard breakout fare with Mario in it. There was on the on the Game Gear. Uh, I had this game packaged in with it when I, when I was bought it for my eighth birthday. That was called the Sega Four in One, and one of them was a yes. little tennis game, and. Yeah. Uh, Sonic was in it as the umpire. And I remember thinking at the time, oh, oh that's really cool. But yeah. it's probably naff, isn't it, really? No, I think that's okay. I think that's quite nice. Just leaping back, actually, speaking of Sonic, you said DX Ball. Sonic Adventure DX is the mm. only game I can think of. Why D- DX? DX is in. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Why DX? Yeah. I always assumed um, that in Sonic Adventure it stood for Director's Cut, which doesn't really make any uh, sense either. I'm fairly sure there's a Zelda Link's Awakening DX. Yeah, exactly. That's another one. Yeah, no idea why DX on on those games. I don't know why it's DX Ball either. Crackout, we're going to talk a little bit more about in the second half. Um, I wanted to sort of give a bit of an overview of what was going on in the lead up to Crackout. Um, The interesting thing is, though, so Mean Machines laid into it and the setup makes you think it could be could well be a shovelware game of some kind and it may well be however it was developed by konami which i did not know at the time but that would explain why there's a level of quality that actually you might not expect with a a clone that was made in in a handful of months in 1986 right should we get cracking (laughs) (laughs) haha pun intended yes yep let's crack on with crack out excellent 
It's official. I am the best chooser of games out of both of us. Based on what? Based on Crackout. Based on all of the games, but Crackout in particular. Crackout's good, isn't it? Crackout's good. Crackout gone straight in his best game we've ever played. (laughs) No, I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far. But it's in terms of what it should be and what it is, it's definitely all it can do. This is what I said to you while we were playing. For anyone that loads up Crackout, they might expect it just to be a fairly crappy knockoff of Breakout or Arkanoid or whatever. And actually, it's a really well done version of that game, of that genre. There's a lot more going on than kind of you'd initially think. Uh, Just by contrast, we had a quick dabble with Arkanoid and Unplayable. (laughs) Just putting that out there. Yeah. I mean, I, I would agree. I do agree personally i don't think it's just that it's unplayable it doesn't look as nice as crackout and even the arcade version looks flatter less well done (laughs) that's what i don't understand about the reason i shared that mean machines review word for word was because i don't understand where they're coming from at all even if off the because i said that that they maybe got well stuck into arkanoid and then crackout comes along and it isn't what they want and they know full well that it's an arkanoid ripoff and all that so it it comes with baggage and they knew what the baggage was and they let the baggage dictate what they actually felt about the game and then we had a quick dabble with ricochet as well oh yeah ricochet so what did you think to ricochet really looks looks nice Hmm. it reminds me a lot of the feeble files which is an adventure game from adventure soft that came out in 97 i think Hmm. Uh, the style of it was very similar when did ricochet come out uh early 2000s i can't remember off the top of my head it was very polished it looks good. I thought so. Yeah, it really does. And it's an Arkanoid that has been refined. Yeah. Isn't it? That's what it is. And I think the theming of it's really nice as well. It's got this like, mm. sort of machine-ish. It's got this mechanical, spacey aesthetic that's sort of a little bit grimy. Which is what reminds me of the Feeble Files, because that's very much like that. Is it? Right, okay. And I, I also like the <laughs> I like the early 2000s cool of having these quite garish ships, because they all have... These weird, garish paint jobs, like you're at a destruction derby or something. But yeah, so Ricochet, I think, is the best version of a Breakout clone. And maybe possibly the best version of a Breakout, at least that I've ever played. So if anyone knows different, please let us know. But today, we're talking about Crackout, though. Yes, so Crackout. Well, one of the things we realised towards the end of playing it, we realised that it had infinite continues, as far as we could tell. So it's one of these games where, you know, you run out of of lives and there's five lives per go and you just press continue straight back into it within what two or three seconds from dying yeah. last time and that is brilliant one of the things that often comes up is the modernization of game design one of those aspects is how punishing or not a game is yeah. because it, it tends to be games have tended towards less punishment for death or less punishment for failure the further along the industry has come and i i, I only think that's a good thing it, if you punish people too harshly for playing your game or for failing at your game, they're going to get put off playing the game. And that's Which is what happened to me it? straight away. I just wasn't interested mm. because I just felt it was it was too punishing. Yeah. And this is 1986 and it feels like Crackout has got that balance right because you, you are on a live system, but then it's very quick to get back into the level and, and, and take off where you where you left off um the, and that's a good balance because the lives say i can't remember how many lives was it four four lives five five lives so you have five lives you've got five op five chances 
for your progress in a level to carry over from life to life. And if you don't do it in those five chances, then you have to start the level again. And that feels like an appropriate admonition. Yeah, definitely. Of the player when they make a mistake. Definitely. Or five mistakes. It's forward looking in its game design in that way. So I liked the playability of it, the the look of it as well. Straight away when we booted it up, it went into an attract screen. There was the enemy was this eyeball rolling across the level and it had this mm. shadow underneath it and the blocks above had shadows beneath them as well, which gave this sense of depth, which I've really liked. But then the decoration around the edge of the level was these really pastely blocks and it funneled your attention on what was going on in the middle, but it also around the edge looked really pretty. Yeah. Think about Arkanoid. Our little dove with that. Can you think of anything about the look of Arkanoid? I know exactly what Arkanoid looks like. Stark. I, it's not that it's forgettable, but it doesn't make much of an impression as no. far as I'm concerned. And it's very, as you say, it's stark. It's just flat. Everything about Arkanoid is flat, both in visual depth sort of terms and also just in the colours scheme that it uses. It just doesn't It doesn't jump off the screen the way that mm. Crackout does. I mean, are we? Are you leaning towards, say, suggesting that, at least on your limited experience of both games, Crackout is the better? Definitely. Crackout had a dinosaur in a straw boat to hat, so... Yeah, I actually think that Crackout is a better version of Arkanoid than Arkanoid is. I feel bad saying that because I know that Arkanoid carries with it this weight of affection for a lot of people. And maybe I'm just, maybe I'm falling into that trap that I tell you you fall into, whereby the nostalgia and the attachment that I've gained, garnered with Crackout is overshadowing no, my... I I think from playing those that Crackout is the better game. I think so. It's... My critical faculties are in in place, are they? They are <laughs> definitely okay. Good. One of the things we talked about that I really liked was how the basic gameplay, this breaking the block system, was in place, but there were little twists on it. So one yeah. level, it might be that you have to destroy all the blocks, but then also destroy the enemies. The next level, it might yeah. be all those blocks here, but actually the target is to destroy the enemies. And then the next level, you might have one where there was one that thwarted both of us, I think, where in the second world, there were these blocks that required five hits to get rid of them. Yeah. And they were placed really, really close to where your paddle was at the bottom. So it made yeah. the game so fraught because as soon as you sent the ball spinning off, it was coming back to you so quickly. Mm. And it was so difficult. There was a great deal of variation from level to level yeah. and it changed up your objectives. So what, again, uh, without harping on too much about Meme Machines, who I think got absolutely everything wrong in their criticism of this game, frankly, and one of the things that they complained about was that the power-ups were random. Well, one, I think that the power-ups being random suits the game anyway. And two, I know they complained about in particular certain levels requiring a certain power-up to complete. I think that happens once in the game, and I think it's level 10 in the first world, where you need some missiles to destroy some blocks that are inside an un unbreakable square of blocks. Which, to be and fair, I did get quite frustrated with because I did find that quite hard. However, what that level is doing is shift, as you just said, it's shifting your objective for that level so whereas for the most part the game is about breaking the blocks in that level the game turns into being about the enemies so yeah. you're now targeting the enemies which is a different ball game altogether forgive the pun no it's a good pun. unintended pun there yeah your aim is is to 
destroy the enemies so that you can get the power-ups and the fact that they're random means that you are under the cosh a little bit because yeah. you can't guarantee that the first enemy you kill is going to give you the power-up you need you're all the time fighting against this this ball that speeds up yeah because the more you play each level the more it speeds up which again provides extra challenge and the enemies are moving around the level as well so you've got you've got multiple different things to deal with so that's one level and that's one way that they mess around with your expectations and 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 the objective system in the game even levels that require you to break blocks they're changing the game i keep doing this i don't mean to be doing it but they're 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 changing the game from level to level putting you into a very short a, a very small space that where the ball was bouncing back at you very quickly in one level and then another it'll be very open and they the bricks will be spaced out quite a lot so that you're having to hit them sort of be very targeted and yeah. precise in in where you send your ball and you've got to have ultimate control because they're far away and so on it feels like that's what they're doing with the game and it feels like it that's i i think that's a positive i think that's Definitely. a good thing you're never left to rest on your levels well yeah so you said it was 44 levels if it's 44 levels of just breaking blocks that would get very repetitive very quickly but four to four levels of twisting that essential conceit goal. yeah yeah exactly yeah precisely and i think from the sounds of what again mean machines they are they could be our nemesis if they weren't defunct they did give me a free packet of flame heart monster punch once so well, you know yeah i mean no i that's probably why they went defunct to bind too many monster punch and i remember there was a cartoon about this creature that was half man half robot and there was a cartoon about him eating someone's pubes once and i was about nine and i just had no understanding of what it was okay i asked my dad what it was because i thought they were like pickled onions because of the way it was talking about him munch on these pubes <laughs> i don't think my dad knew what to say which to be fair if my daughter was yeah. asking me that question when she was nine uh, i don't think i know what to say <laughs> no uh, that aside thank you for for that um i just think they've they've got it all wrong i don't know what they wanted that's the other thing i don't know what what do you think they wanted from this game what do you think they wanted i i it seems to me like they wanted nice patterns pretty patterns to be made with the blocks so that you could destroy the nice pictures or something i don't i really don't know i don't know what you could <laughs> want like more. you got like a picture of the mona lisa and you're sort of bashing away blocks to reveal the mona lisa <laughs> yeah, i mean there, there's a certain there's a certain charm to that that's actually sounds quite good when you put it like that <laughs> copyright but... it what's by the one of the, the builders on the girder when they're making the empire state building everyone loves that picture that that should surely be you know in the public domain our first yeah public yeah. domain and we can put it in our breakout yeah clone. Right. that'd actually be i genuinely think that would be quite a good breakout clone do you know anything about... You said it's a Konami game. Do you know anything about the team that made the game at all? So I had a little look at the team and they were fairly... I mean, it was fairly nondescript. I didn't... None, yeah. none of the names jumped out at me. Um, I know that some of them worked on ISS, the uh, fairly popular football game um, later that. on in there. Some people might not know what ISS no, is. Was, no, 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 I was, I was bothering me sarcastic. I was just dredging up. I know that. And then you... ISS me. is International Space Station as well, isn't it? So It is, which is very yeah, confusing. Very, especially if you're into your soccer games, because it's International Superstar Soccer. Some of the team worked on that later on. But yeah, that is as much as I know, because they. it was fairly, as I say, it was fairly early on in I most people's careers. I imagine this game must have been quite a small team. Like, it surely can't oh, have yeah, been that yeah. many people. Uh, surprisingly large, actually, I think, really? for what it was. Yeah, it was... Uh, uh, from the top, off the top of my head, I think Moby Games has, and, and again, I didn't count them, so I'm just sort of trying to gauge this. I think they had about 10 on the team. Right, okay. And that's, there were two programmers, I know that much, there were two programmers, I don't know how many designers, don't know how many um, sound, but 
10 seems about right, just based on what I can remember. Yeah. Which is big. What was Sonic? So Sonic was 7. 7, yeah. Yeah, so Sonic was 7. And this is 5 years earlier, and they were 10. But at the same time, maybe that's what you need for such a speedy turnaround. Hmm. Assuming that I'm correct in thinking that this was an Arkanoid knockoff that they they rushed into production once Arkanoid hit the arcades in, in 1986. Maybe you need an extra few hands. Was this better than, than you remembered it being? It was just as good. So I, I was confident that I was going to be pleased playing this, and I was. And I said to you, I think I could quite happily just play this through. Mm. Um, yeah, and completely. I could, it, whether I will is another matter, because I've got more pressing affairs with the Obra Dinn on my plate. No, I completely agree. As this episode is releasing on the Epic Store, which you've lured me into with its weekly free games, they've got Costume Quest 2 out for free this week, and I'm yes. going to be on that like a bad rash, uh, because Costume Quest 1 was amazing. So I'm, I'm thinking the same thing. This is a very enjoyable game. I'm probably never going to play it again because there's so much else out there. I genuinely think out of the two of us, you should be playing it sooner than I am because I think this is a perfect genre for kids to get into. We've talked previously about like jumping off points for games and yeah. how to get how to introduce people into games. And I think that breakout clones or breakout the breakout genre, the brick breaking genre is a brilliant way to introduce people into video games. So you've got your daughter who actually she might be a little bit more accomplished than she needs to be to for this. This is one button and two directional buttons. So for anyone that is introducing their kids into into video games, jump on this, jump on a brick breaking game. I mean, I was about to say, but in the context of introducing children to it, maybe not appropriate, but it's a good toilet game. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah, I think they are. Is it something that is actually available at the moment? Like, is Crackout available at all? No. Or is it no, clones no, no. or...? No, because so Crackout, Crackout was a one-off. Right. I don't know what is available, to be honest, in terms of... Because obviously, uh, for a toilet game, for a good toilet game, you need it to be on a mobile platform. You yeah, can't that's be looking your television up every time you need a shit. Yeah, I mean, that should be awkward, wouldn't it? You'd probably, at least on one or two occasions, shit yourself on the way up. <laughs> Especially if you've got a plasma screen, because they're heavier than LED or LCD. That's voice of experience tech, aren't they? No, no, it's not. We don't actually have any PowerPoints to plug a television in in our t- or toilet, so I've never, I've never risked do. it. You know, electricity and water aren't a very good mix. I've sort of heard. No, you need next. So anyone that's planning on playing this on a television in their toilet, you'll need an extension cable. Okay, plug it out. There. Plug it on the landing. <laughs> plug it in on the landing. There you go. Good idea. Definitely not dangerous. Yeah, it probably would be a toilet game. It probably would be a good toilet game, assuming that it exists on the right platforms. I'm sure it does. Yeah, probably does. I don't I don't know any to recommend to people, though. And I didn't look it up, so... Was there anything negative about the game? There's only one negative yes. I've jotted down, and it's such Was a... Was it passwords? Yeah. Yeah, passwords are annoying on this, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, we've had this a few times. So in this, the passwords are 13 characters long, which is is too long for a password. It's fiddly. Especially yeah. as we discovered that using the continues redundant passwords, redundant, unless I guess you'll you know, turn the console mm-hmm. off to get back on again, which yeah, you, know, and you, in that you regard... said you left it on for four weeks. So this would have... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. don't know what was going on with me. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why I didn't think to use the password system because I was writing the passwords down in the back of the book as well. So, so I'm you're a bit writing of an them idiot. down and then never actually using them. No, I was just leaving it on. I assume. I assume <laughs> I probably entered. 
what I'm thinking, and this is just complete speculation, is that I had the same problem as a as a young boy as you have now in that 13 characters for a password is too long and I'm not wasting my time with that shit. I will just spend the money on the electric or let my mum do that, <laughs> you know, so that I don't have to put in 13 characters. It is, it's, it's too long for a password and I don't know what they were thinking. The, the other thing with the passwords is that they seem to have the same start. Yeah. Each one of them, the first five or six characters for each air for the area was the same. So mm. like mirror zone, had the same first five characters so they could have just lopped those off yeah and replaced them with a like a one two three or four for each zone i don't know we didn't design it they did i don't know the the other thing and this ties into the passwords so one of the things that you marveled at was finding a secret door that popped out yeah, the side of, of a level and it had a it had on the back of it it had a letter e so those letters throughout the game are dispersed these letters and you have to they're hidden uh, like all over in the mirror zone you have to break the mirrors you have to hit a mirror on the side of the level three times and then you will reveal a letter and over the course of multiple playthroughs unless you're very skilled (coughs) you have to accrue all of the letters that are dispersed throughout the levels so is that 44 letters so no, there aren't there aren't forty four letters, but they are throughout the levels. I I can't tell you which levels they're in. I don't know if they're in they they like repeat or duplicate or whatever. Right. But you have to cre- you have to collect those letters together. Then you have to solve the anagram that these letters make up mm-hmm. in order to f- pass the final level. So level oh. level four eleven. This is bad. This is terrible. This is really terrible game design. Yeah. So level 411, the final level, is a password screen. And if you have collected all the le- letters, you have a chance to solve this anagram, put the password in, and unlock the end credits. <laughs> Which is... I never did it, for one. No. Um, the password... I think I've told you this in a previous podcast. The password for this game, which you have to collect all the letters for was Merry Christmas. Right. Which is totally unthematic. <laughs> like there's no there's no reason it should be that other than it released in December. But if you were playing this in July We have got a Christmas episode coming up where we're gonna talk about Christmas games, so maybe we should have held yeah. off and <laughs> Oh no, no, no point for just for that. But yeah, that is that is one of the real downsides to this game that it If you got to the end and you hadn't got those letters, would you have to then go play through the whole game again? Oh yeah! If you if you put in the wrong password, Ooh, you get nasty. one chance to put in the password. It sends you to the first level if you put the password in wrong. Yeah, that's not cool. Oh no, it's not cool at all. So Merry Christmas is fourteen letters. That's yeah. fourteen chances to find these random letters that are hidden, and if you miss even one of them, well, I, I guess if you if you got yeah, but er, the, Airy Christmas, it, you could probably guess what the missing letter you was. You could but probably guess, but they're, they're not coming out in order. They aren't no. coming out in order. You're getting them randomly. And they, they are throughout the levels. So there's 44 levels and 14 letters required to find. And I have no idea where those letters are in in terms of which level holds a letter or not. I didn't even know until... So I played through this game multiple times to try and finish it. And the first time I hit that last level or level... As, so that was with air quotes for anyone that is listening to this, which is all of you. Which everyone. Um, <laughs> the, fir- the, fi- the first time I hit that final level, the challenge of putting in a password, I had no idea that I was supposed to be collecting letters throughout the game. 
And it was only when I hit it that I thought, well, what are those letters for? Maybe it's for that. But I hadn't been writing them down. So from then, I had to start collecting those letters up. And even after that, I was crap at anagrams. Uh, No good at countdown, even now. And I don't think I actually ever put the password in correctly. Just never occurred to me. And also for it to unlock the credits, it's hardly the most exciting thing, is it? No, I mean, the credits, by all accounts, because I've never seen them, um, are quite nice. They they have the all the different enemy types um, on like a parade while the credits roll. Which yeah, that's why the dinosaur nice, had his, but... his straw boat to hat on. Maybe he was getting ready for the parade. Yeah. Did I tell you, I think that at one point that leather, uh, that dinosaur wears a leather jacket or a leather, it's a leather waistcoat. <laughs> I'm sure they do. Wow. And I think he has like a, a mohawk, a mohican. Like a, a pump. The hair. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. The the enemies, that's the other thing that we haven't mentioned. So the enemies, and to end on a on a positive, the enemy design in this, I think, is pretty fun. Pretty yeah, kooky, a bit, a bit off the wall, and really enjoyable. And again, to contrast with Arkanoid, a far too abstract, and quite ugly, actually, uh, to, to rate... Any higher than Crackout's enemies. I can't as far remember. As I'm what, concerned. I can't remember what they look like, and like uh, weird geometric shapes. Yeah. Whereas Crackout, so, we had the the eyeballs or the crabs or these ghosts or all sorts of things. All a bit of yeah. character. Yep. And a bit weird. I think we've covered that pretty well. We we usually recommend it to certain people, but I think we've done that in the in the telling, haven't we? So yeah, we're done. We've cracked Crackout. Have right, we cracked Crackout? Yep. Let's let's tap out to crack out them. What we have not cracked is our social media. If you can come and join us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, uh, and just tell Vimeo. us what we're doing wrong. Yeah, let us know what we're doing wrong. We'll put it right. You maybe join the team. I mean, that's this, all it takes. This is another <laughs> great way to to win listeners over by making them feel guilty and you know, saying to them to to come and do our work for us. We need some positive. No, we don't. We need some feedback. We need some critique. We need help. Tell us. Sense. Yeah, help us. Help us. Come on. Next week is our Halloween spooktacular. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't even thought of that. I hadn't realised. Hadn't yeah. registered. So it's my game. Excellent. I'm bringing a suitably spooky game. Grabbed by the ghoulies. Nope. Zombies ate my neighbours. No. Okay, so we'll... Uh... Medieval! <laughs> good Good choice, but no. Oh. Zombies ate my neighbours. It's weird on the street. Oh, I think I've... Have I cracked it? Have I cracked it on crackout day? <laughs> it's a day for all sorts of cracking. Okay. I, we'll end it there because I think I've just... I think I've just rumbled Chris on our next episode. So uh, we'll see. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.